Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me as we dive into episode 26 and we pray our way through four different topics. We're going to be working with worship, Psalm 19, a personal prayer, and a prayer for our culture today. But first, we're going to open with a prayer that we honor God for who He is. And each week, we switch focus on a different characteristic of God. Today and the rest of the week, we are going to be talking about God as our helper. We'll be in three different verses today, one in John, one in 1 John, actually two in John, and one in 1 John. It's an overload of John today. So I'm going to read each one of these, and then I'm going to actually go into an opening prayer. John 3.16, super familiar verse to everyone, right? For God so loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Second verse is 1 John 2.1. My dear children, I write this letter to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have a helper in the presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who does what is right. He died in our place to take away our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all people. And finally, John 14, 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. So let's pray. Father, you loved the world enough to send your Son. You wanted to help us have a relationship with you because we can't on our own. Sin separates us but you have helped us by sending Jesus. And Jesus, you sit at the right hand of God the Father right now and are a helper for us in his presence. Many translations say advocate. One of them, this one says you are a helper and an advocate is a helper to us. And Holy Spirit, you are also a helper. You come and you teach us all things. You remind us of all that God has told us. Father, I'm so grateful for your help. I'm grateful that you are a God who is a help to your people. That's astonishing, really, when we think about it, that you help us, that you reach down from your holiness and step into a role of helper for each of us. I honor you for that today. I thank you for that today. I'm grateful for that. And as we begin and process through this morning broadcast of praying together, I pray that you would guide my thoughts, guide my mouth, guide my words, guide my prayers, and that, Spirit, you would open your word to us in ways that it has not been before, that you would help us to understand these things that we're praying. When we don't understand, we know that you will intercede for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in Psalm 18. No, 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 19. Last week, all week, we were in Psalm 18. We've moved on. We are in Psalm 19 today, and we're going to go through the whole thing. Some of the words in this psalm will be familiar to you. It is best known for its reflection on God's self-disclosure to us in creation, so how he makes himself known to us in creation. If that were all, then this would be a wisdom psalm. But when we get to the end, we have a confession and an appeal for help, and that turns it into a lament. But there's a whole lot of wisdom in it. It's written by David, and we will get through the whole thing today. The title is The Witness of Creation and Scripture for the Choir Director, A Psalm of David. I'm going to read this. I'm going to pray it as we go, and much of it I will not add to it because these words are a prayer. So let's get started. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day they pour out speech, night after night they communicate knowledge. 
There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. He is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to their other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. Father, I'm so grateful for this beautiful creation that you have given us. And we have seen your faithfulness in the rising and the setting of the sun every day. The rising and the setting of the sun as every single day, we know it's there. Even if it's cloudy, even if it's rainy, we know it's there. And just in the same way, you reveal yourself to us as faithful, as always, always, always there. The instruction of the Lord is perfect. Lord, it renews my life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, and they make my heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, and it makes my eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable to me than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from the honeycomb. In addition, I am warmed by them, and in keeping them there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep me from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. That last verse is one of my favorite. It has been a memory verse of mine almost the entire time I was a Christian. I would for a long time said it was a life verse for me. It wraps up everything kind of about scripture because it's talking about my response, my obedience, my heart obedience to God, and that my life would be honoring to him. And it calls him my rock and my redeemer, both of those things, my rock and my redeemer. But that's a bonus. All right, so today we are talking about for ourselves, this whole week, we're talking about our self-centeredness, our self-absorption. And I had chosen this last week. And then this weekend, I just kept thinking every time I was reading posts and I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much self-centeredness in all of our responses, not just out there. I mean, I was looking at social media posts out there, but I was also thinking about my own heart. So much self-centeredness in my own response to my culture, to my world, to my circumstances. And we're praying against that today. Here's a quote from Stacy Roach. It says, our natural sinful hearts have a tendency to be self-absorbed, thinking of how any change in circumstance or relationship will affect us personally before we think about anything or anyone else. This kind of selfishness brings consequences both for our own soul and for those around us. So we are praying against that this week, against our tendency toward self-centeredness. I have three verses, and the first one is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. I'm going to read each verse and then pray it. Read, read a second verse and pray it. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 say, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Father, I pray that that would be the work of my life, that I would do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but instead in humility that I would count others more significant than myself. And that is not an easy prayer. That is not something my heart is naturally bent towards. But in humility, let me count others more significant than myself. Let me look not only to my own interests, but also to the interests of others. James 3.16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, 
There will be disorder and every vile practice. That's significant. Every vile practice stemming from jealousy and selfish ambition. Lord, keep me from jealousy and selfish ambition. It's easier to focus on the the outworkings of that, the disorder and the vile practices, trying really hard not to do those things, but instead work in my heart to get rid of the jealousy and the selfish ambition and the disorder and vile practices will disappear. Teach me to be rid of jealousy and selfish ambition. Replace that with all the things that you are. And lastly, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Lord, when we say we want you to remove jealousy and selfish ambition, this is what I want you to replace it with in our lives. Help us to model our lives after Jesus' example of humble service. He was obedient to you unto death, even death on a cross. He left his royal, holy, amazing experience of what we call heaven, and he came down here into human form, humbling himself even allowing us to slaughter him. Lord, teach us that kind of obedience. Teach us that kind of humble servant heart for those you love. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, the fourth part of our prayer together today. We are praying each week for something that has to do with our culture or our world. No matter what you believe about the COVID virus right now or what political stance that you take, we are still dealing with the effects of it in our lives, in our behaviors, in our institutions like our schools and our churches. And there is still a huge number of decisions being made about it, from upper-level policy decisions to everyday family decisions. And so we're going to take this week and we're going to pray for guidance at all levels of our culture. We may split it up in the rest of the week, but today we're going to be talking generally. We're going to be in Habakkuk 2, not a place that you find yourself normally, I would guess. Habakkuk 2, verse 19, and Isaiah 30, 21. And here's how the Habakkuk verse reads. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. Lord, teach us not to make idols out of anything. Habakkuk is speaking of idols that were made of wood and stone and covered with precious metal. And we have idols in our own day today. And they are not necessarily wooden statues in our home, but they are anything that we put as more important to you, that we look to before we look to you, that we treasure more than we treasure you. And that's a lot of things in our lives. Lord, teach us to be rid of idols, but specifically in this case for guidance. Help us to look to you for the guidance to make decisions. Draw all of those in all segments of our nation to you. Lord, if nothing else, let this pandemic be good for teaching us that we are not the gods of this world and draw people closer to you because they need you, because they need to be rid of fear, because they realize they can't do it themselves. Lord, draw people to your heart and then guide us. Let our policymakers at all levels of our nations, whether that is our federal government or our communities or our states or our school boards or our businesses, our local businesses, as they are making decisions, I pray that they would seek your guidance and that it would be available. 
Pray for me that I would learn to turn to you before other things and that you would guide me. Let's go to Isaiah 30, 21. It says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or you turn to the left. Father, I pray that you and your word would be constantly driving me in the straight paths to walk in your path, to walk the straight path. Pray that I would listen carefully as I'm walking, and that I pray this for all of your people today. This is not something that I can pray for unbelievers because your word is not going to guide them, but instead draw them to you. But as for your people, as for the people of Jesus who are making decisions, who are making policy decisions for other people, whether that's in churches or their business or in whatever places that we find ourselves, I pray that we would be listening and that our ears would be tuned for your word saying to us, this is the way, walk in it. And whenever we go to the far to the left or too far to the right, that you would bring us back to straight in the middle of your presence and your word, and that we would not veer one way or the other. Pray that we would have listening ears and open hearts for your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for joining me in prayer today. I so appreciate you guys being with me. I do this every weekday, so I will be back tomorrow and would love to have you join me. If you're watching the broadcast and you found this helpful, I would love it if you would share it with somebody else who would appreciate it. If you're a podcast listener, it would significantly help us reach more people and let them join us in prayer, add more voices to our prayers, if you would subscribe to the podcast and rate it and review it. My heart is that as we pray this scripture together, that we would all grow in our prayer lives and that God will use this time to direct your heart in your circumstances as he directs my heart in my circumstances. And I know and I pray that he will answer these prayers in mighty, mighty ways. But most of all, I pray that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us the words that we are praying. Amen. Amen.